Haunted Hangover presents Haunted Hall. Welcome to another edition of Haunted Hall. I'm Louie, and I'm, I'm joined Minnie. by... I'm Minnie. Yep, right over your face. <laughs> There's my omen pin. There you go. That's why you talked pin. over me, because you That's have a fucking why. omen pin. I was excited. Pin. I wanted to show it off. This is really fucking cool. That is pretty cool. What is right? this? That is awesome, all around? Yeah, yeah, that That's is. awesome. <laughs> yeah, my buddy, cool. my buddy Ken, uh, zombie gentleman. That's my, yes. my friend Ken. He makes these things. I got a bunch of cool stuff from him. He makes I have like cool patches and shit that he makes, and he does like uh, record mats and stuff. Oh, you nice. know? Yeah, he I does think this. I might have met him at an event we were at together. Uh, I think you might have introduced me to him. Poss- so. Oh yeah, at the yeah. Um, the horror screening at the Belmore Playhouse. Yes, 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 yes. That's where yes. it was. The I figured I, I met him. Yeah, yeah it rang a bell. So, mm-hmm. and uh, that's as exciting as Manny's going to get in this episode. <laughs> that's as excited as you're going to get. Because, I have myself a drink here to yes, work, you, to get through it. <laughs> you've got you've got yourself a alcoholic beverage. I'm drinking mm-hmm. some water. You uh, no booze for me today. And the reason why Manny's not excited <laughs> is because we're going to be talking about the 1988 film Lady in White. You have just one hope to solve the mystery. Sometimes when someone dies violent, they can't rest in peace. To stop the evil. Where are you going? I gotta follow her. To save your life. I'm here, child. Open the door. Say your prayers. Lady. A little behind the scenes tidbit. I told Manny, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I was like, yo, we're going to cover, I want to cover Lady in White on the show. And you were just like, ah, just the deep, the deepest sigh. And all you said was, that movie is so boring. (laughs) That was literally what you said uh, when you talked about it. Uh, Well, well, when you mentioned it to me, Mm -hmm. like your reaction to me mentioning it to you that I wanted to cover it on the show. Yeah. Um, I felt, but, yeah. I felt the pain in my chest. I felt it. It dragged me down, <laughs> and it said, "Oh fuck, you gonna watch this shit again?" Oh, <laughs> Let me. Can I? Before we get into the movie itself, yes. can I uh, uh, give you my experience with the film? Go for it. Um, I never saw this when I was young. Okay, and okay. that could play a part of it. Okay, okay, as to why I didn't see this when I was young. Um, in, I want to say, it's early 2000s. Early okay. 2000s. Um, this film disappeared. And it was really hard to find. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was on, it was a VHS release. Okay, it was released to video cassette, And then more or less, that was it. I think there was a limited DVD at some point. 2005, I think, 2008, around there. So this was even before then. Okay. This is, I said, this was early 2000s. I'm talking like 2002. Okay. All right. Um, uh, The videotape at that time was going between two and three hundred dollars because it was really, yeah, it was really rare. It was a hard to find cult. I did not know that. 
Yes. I didn't even know was, that. Yep. Because as like you said, the DVD was 2005. So there was no release between the videotape in 88, 89 until that's all. That's what is that? 17 years. Yeah. That there's no release. I, th- um, I believe the DVD release was celebrating the 20th anniversary. Okay. So, so then you're looking some of that's ported over to this Blu-ray we're going to be talking about. Okay. So you're looking 2007, 2008 ish. Then I believe the so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you remember my friend Anthony that I used to work yes. with? Okay. Yes. Um, so anyway, around that time, the DVD, the, 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 that the videotape was going for a couple hundred bucks and randomly I found a near mint videotape like this had been sitting on a shelf and not touched for years at some thrift store or Salvation Army or something. Okay. And I got it for like $3. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Incredible. I'd never seen it. I'd never okay. seen it. All I knew that this was like this hard to find, you know, movie. And I knew that it was worth a lot of money because okay. it was just one of those films. Cause I, I, you know, I've always collected. So, um, I knew that this was a hard to find film and it was worth something. And I was like three bucks. I've never seen it. I don't care. I got to take it. So even if this movie sucks, I'm going to sell it. <laughs> but you okay. know, seriously, I, <laughs> yeah, mean, I, really, for, I, I get for, it. Yeah. You know, you buy a movie for three bucks. I know I can get 200 for this. I'm buying the shit right now. All profit. <laughs> That's it. hundred <laughs> percent. I might not even watch it. Just sell it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so Anthony happened to be over at my place and he's, um, and he saw it sitting there and he's like, Oh my God, I haven't seen this since. And he loved, and he's like, I remember seeing this in the movie theater. This was really creepy. He's like, Oh, I want to see it. So he wanted to borrow it from me and he borrowed that. He borrowed Freddy's dead. The video, the videotape that was from that, from the box set. Yeah. yeah. So Freddy's dead and like five or six others. And he's like, I'm going to take it home. He had just gotten uh, an apartment with a roommate because remember him and his wife were going through a divorce at the time. He had just gotten an apartment with his roommate, old friend of his also from the time way back then. And um, he's like, uh, you know, I got to, I'm going to watch some movies. I just want to feel like, I want to feel like a human being again. You know, yeah, yeah. I got my TV. I got myself a VCR. I'm going to watch some horror movies. And I said, all right, cool. So I let him borrow. He took a bag. He went home, let him borrow a bunch of movies. Um, and then I don't hear from him for about two weeks or so, you know? Um, and at the time I was working with him. So he, the guy wasn't showing up to work. I'm like, what the, what the hell happened to him? You yeah. know? Uh, turns out at some point, his um, like a couple days after he left, his him and his ex-wife were still fighting. She had him arrested for um, uh, missing child payments or something, and he spent oh, the God. weekend in. Yeah, he spent the weekend in jail. Like they had a, she put put a warrant out for him. And anyway, um, so he finally gets back to work, and he tells me he's got some bad news for me. He's like, "I'm really sorry." Blah blah. I said, "Okay, what's up?" In the weekend that his wife had him locked up, his roommate took all the tapes and his move and his TV and his VCR and sold it for crack. Oh my god! No exaggeration. No, literally, I'm not even exaggerating. Literally, sold it for crack. (laughs) Yo, pause for one second. (laughs) I want to meet the drug dealer. That's like yo. 
<laughs> I don't what know. Do you, okay, okay. What do you know? But listen, listen. What do you Y'all got? Y'all just tape here, brother. I, yo, I got this copy of Lady in White and Freddy's Dead. <laughs> here you go. Here's some crack. Yo, all right, all right. I'm not, I don't know for sure that he gave this to the drug dealer specifically for it, or maybe he took it to a pawn shop, got the pawn shop, got like maybe 10 bucks for for the for the TV, the VCR, yeah. and all the movies. Quite possibly. possibly. Quite, that's but, more... But, there are occasions where the crackhead <laughs> Yo, the I know this shit. Like, I'm taking this movie, this is son. All yo. I've got. This yo. Is all I've got. Yo, you got, you got that lady in white there. Yo, yo. All right, all right. here's a bag right it here. Here's the shit. It would be amazing if the drug dealer knew <laughs> that the lady in white. What can white I get for lady in white? Here, right here. You got that right there. There you go. One little bag of crack. <laughs> here's your little bag. That's, a, that's, a, that's an earring. <laughs> That's an earring. But here's your crack for Lady and White. There you go. You've got a crack vial size bag there with an earring in it. Yep. (laughs) So no no bullshit. He sold it for crack or crack money. Oh, God. And I said to him, I was like, okay, I don't remember what the other movies were because I wasn't concerned. I was like, all right, whatever. I don't give a shit. I said to him, I was like, you know what pisses me off the most about this? I said, the fact that he sold a movie that I could have got a good 200 bucks for it. This motherfucker probably got a quarter. Okay, he got, <laughs> he got a quarter. Ten he, bucks for everything. <laughs> he probably got ten bucks for everything. He got one hit off that shit. I said this fucking guy took. It. And on top of that, I said, and then what annoys me the second part is that it was Freddy's Dead. Now you had that set too. Yeah. You I look did. at that Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street set. It was Freddy with his arms out like that. Arms Freddy's out, got yeah. no fucking shoulder now. <laughs> fucking shoulders missing. <laughs> it was like your OCD kicked in whenever you looked like over you at the box set. Motherfucker. <laughs> So oh, I had never even had a chance to watch it yet. I had just bought it. I'm like, this is this is gold for five for three bucks. Like, this is gold. I got this. I got a piece of gold brick in my hand right here. So I'd never seen it. So uh, uh, maybe I would say maybe a year ago or so, there was a Scream Factory sale, and I bought some stuff. And Lady yeah. in White was in there. I'm like, I can finally watch this movie. I think I got it for like ten bucks. I got it. And I, f- I would have sold that movie in a heartbeat back then. In a fucking heartbeat. This bored the living shit out of me. Holy crap. It. This was... Oh, we're going to get into this. I'm sure we're going to get into it. It pisses me off even more now that this fucking guy sold my movie. I could have had I could have had two honey in my hand. I could have had a couple hundred bucks. Thank you, crackhead in Brownsville. For, Motherfucker. For, for selling the the. Three hundred dollar tape, Manny Harlem, had in his Harlem, one Brownsville. Let's not don't get, don't don't stereotype that hardcore. He was in Harlem at the time. Harlem, whatever. We're both from New York. We know what it is. When this episode comes out, when this shit comes out, I'm sending him the link, and I'm gonna be like, "You listen to this, motherfucker, motherfucker. You listen to this, and know that twenty years later, I'm still feeling the pain of your dumb shit. Oh my God. I'm still oh. Louis putting me through this shit, and he's gonna be like, "Fucking Louis." Fucking Louie. You can blame me for making you sit that's through fucking two hours happen. of this movie. gonna happen. I'm gonna say, Anthony, um, fuck you and your friend. Fuck you. <laughs> Session my, nine style. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Unfortunately, my my story with this movie is not as eventful. So, so, let's do the downer. You can do the uh, upper. <laughs> I, uh, I'm gonna take a so, shot. The way there you go. Pound one down for your uh, ah, pour one, one out. Pour one out for that. For the homies, copy. right there. Pour it out for the homies. 
pulling out for the VHS copy of Lady tap, and White. Tap. <laughs> that got sold for crack. This fucking, um, yes. fucking movie. <laughs> My, I had to tell that story. I was like, "This no, very few people have a story like that. Yeah. <laughs> for and a reason. I, and I'm very happy you told it on the podcast. So. You didn't know any of that, did you? I did not know this. All these years. So, 20 the some odd years you've known yeah. me. Didn't know any of that shit. <laughs> Did not know that Anthony is responsible for the uh, for the your loss of the Lady in White VHS tape. Yep. Um, yes, my story a lot is way more more boring. There's not much more to it. I blind bought this at Kim's video when I mm-hmm. was going there a ton. When there were uh, you know the used DVD section back in the day, 15, 20 okay. years ago, whatever. And uh, I think I read about it either in Fangoria or Rumorg. Mm-hmm. And I just remember hearing that it's a fantastic Halloween sort of themed film. They yeah. really kind of sold me with the Halloween aspect of it when technically this is not a Halloween movie. Just the first, I'd say, quarter of it, first 30 yeah. minutes is set on Halloween. And we'll get, we'll get more into it. Um, but, yeah, I blind bought it. And it was that release. I'm about 90. I don't have it anymore because I got rid of it. I think I gave it to someone. I think Mm -hmm. I gave it to Tito, who's helped with Haunted Hangover behind the scenes on camera duty. Um, But I think I gave him my copy after I bought the re-release when they first released the Scream Factory a few years ago. So I got rid of that. I don't even remember. So that was the DVD. So you got the DVD. It was the DVD that they released. I think the DVD you're talking about. Yeah. The one that that came out years later. The 2007-ish. The the 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary. Okay. Yeah. Release. So that DVD, which at this point is also very old, Mm -hmm. I got rid of that and bought the the Scream Factory Blu-ray. And... My initial thoughts on the movie, I will admit it is a slow film, but I did enjoy it. And, I, and, I, and, and we'll get into it as we dive a little deeper into, into the film itself. But I don't have as, 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 a, a neg, as negative of a reaction to it as you did yeah. <laughs> and it, or an experience with, with it. Colorful uh, experience. And I think, a, I think one of the main reasons, and I'll say this before I jump into the uh, synopsis breakdown of the film. I think it's because of the Halloween aspect. Just yeah. being a fan of the holiday and horror mm-hmm. and kind of children's horror. And there That's... is a comparison I've heard of. Like, I've heard this movie being compared to another movie, and I'll get into that later, but more of like the ghost version of it. And you probably mm-hmm. know what movie I'm going to talk about. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Yes. Um, and when I did watch it, I was like, you know what? I can see that. And I, I, I did not grow up with this movie. I didn't see it. Okay. I was already 19, maybe 20 when I first saw this, 21. Or I, I forget what age I was when yeah, I watched it. You were about time. the same age as when I saw it just you know, yeah. a couple of years later. Yeah, that's it true. Was around, you, I was around was, that age. Yeah, it was like 2007, 2008 versus me, 2001, 2002. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't even know it existed until, and it maybe because it was so hard to find, like you said, mm. I didn't even know that. So yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, it was a very rare film because it had not been re-released. I don't know why. I'm going to assume. Um, do you know what the original production company was? No, I don't. I don't have. That. I mean, it, I'm, I'm under the assumption it was something like Weinstein is now Weinstein Company now that okay. it's defunct. And yeah. because of that, it just sat there and nobody owned it. Well, that kind you know? of happened. When you think quite, about it, 
like Anchor Bay at one point, and I don't remember if the DVD was an Anchor Bay DVD, unfortunately, mm-hmm. since I don't have it anymore. Um, but like when you think about it, there were a lot of movies at the time in those, you know, t- 2005, mm-hmm. 2008, those few years where they were re-releasing films yeah. that were hard to find and didn't have DVD releases. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's probably what happened it was just one of those films for years didn't have any other release besides the vhs and this dvd was the first to kind of remaster it in widescreen because the dvd was the first widescreen edition of the film um so i guess that's just what it was it was the only other release besides the vhs Uh it was this dvd that came out uh years later well i looked i'm looking it up because you know what this is haunted hall we should know this stuff yes uh it was first introduced on vhs by virgin vision and okay. later on Ang- by Anchor Bay in 93. So it was Anchor Bay then. Yes, so that's what but, I'm thinking. But, that, but that's I, I VHS. That's okay. the VHS. Um, it was also <clears throat> Laserdisc and DVD through Elite Entertainment who released the director's cut on March 25th, 1998. The director's cut was reissued on DVD by MGM in 2005, which is the one you're talking about probably. Gotcha. Bonus materials, 36 minutes of deleted footage and commentary from Frank Lalogia. Yeah, the director. The director. 2016 was the Scream Factory Blu-ray, which had the never-before-seen extended director's cut. Yes. So that's uh, the version I had. Yeah. Okay. That was the that was my introduction to the film. It was so the director's cut. <laughs> so, so you know what it is? It's the mm-hmm. fact that the VHS was still – like video cassette was still something that people were buying. And that's probably that's why probably it was so – um, It also depends on what version if, – if they did the director's cut – on a DVD in 98, maybe the videotape was the theatrical version. Yeah, you know what it maybe reminds me of? Maybe it was just a theatrical, and that's why yeah. it was hard to find and worth something. It reminds like, it's me like, of Like the movie. original Star yeah. Wars gold tape. Exactly. That, like that. That's what like I was going to say. This has a yeah. cut that isn't released otherwise. It's quite possible. And like you said, going back to Anchor Bay, take a movie like Evil Dead. Like Evil Dead had its original release when it came out originally, what, in 1980, right? 82, I think. And then Anchor Bay re-released it on VHS with that, like, was okay. like, I think, uh, I believe it was a sleeve first, then it was a hard shell. Okay. Uh, you know, I believe I remember. So it's like, it's like for me. The first time I saw Evil Dead was on an Anchor Bay night, like late '90s or mid '90s those, release. Those like red and green, yes, clam yes. cases that they had. I remember Which those. Technically, I, was a re-release. Yes, it wasn't the original VHS because yeah, they were remastering like all the that. films. Yeah. yeah. I had so, Spit on Your Grave and yes, House yes. by the Cemetery, New York Ripper. I have all those. City and of all those Dead. were 90s releases, I'm pretty yep. sure. And then yep. the DVDs were early 2000s, mid 2000s. They were just re-releasing all of them with all the supplement, all the extra features and stuff that we all fucking know and love. That, that everything Some of the videotapes had them too. Some of the videotapes after the, yeah, after the movie ended, there were special features after it. You'd get like a documentary or something. Or, you you know. know what? That does ring a bell. I remember yeah. some movies you could like fast forward through the credits yep. and then you get like a little behind yeah. the scenes. Nightmare on Elm Street scenes. did those yes, a lot. Yes, yes. Bunch yes, of Nightmare on Elm Street tapes. But yeah, Anchor Bay would add like a 20 minute. Like if, cause you know, the tapes were like two hours and like 10 minutes. So if the movie yeah. was short enough, they would tack some stuff on at the end. Just to kind of, yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, that's when like horror fandom was blowing up. Well, Anchor Bay, that's where a lot of us first saw yeah. a lot of these, you know, the, hard to find movies. All the, all the Italian horror. The original boutique. 
<laughs> yeah, it was like Anchor Bay had the rights to Zombie and Gates of Hell mm-hmm. and like all the Dario, Dario Argento stuff and things like that. So yeah, like oh, that's shit. that's kind of that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you have the Gates <laughs> of Hell T-shirt on. It's always very fitting, man. He always with the theme. <laughs> the movie always comes up. Uh, I think these are just movies that we like, and they just always come up. So we just have to we have to get to those eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we we dive even deeper, let's jump into the breakdown of Lady in White. It was All Hallows' Eve, and I, still locked behind the cloakroom door, suddenly felt a wind sweep through the darkness, chilling me to the bone. So, Lady in White was released on April 22nd, 1988. It was directed and written by Frank Lalogia. Hopefully, we're pronouncing. I think you butchered it earlier. Maybe Possibly. I'm butchering it now. So yeah, Maybe. Frank Lalogia, very is he Italian. Dead? Is he dead? He won't care. No, he's alive. He's alive. Is he's, he? Well, he's, maybe he won't care. He's Talk very he's much su- alive. He's gonna fucking sue us now. And I, no, he won't. And and I, and I will say this too. He also produced this and scored it. Mm. And you get the sense by some of the and 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 when we go into you know the extras on the Blu-ray a little later, you can just tell. This was Frank. I'm just going to say Frank so we don't fuck up his last name even more than we already are. Um, You could tell this was a passion project. This was the movie he wanted to make. Like, you could just feel it. You you could just tell in the commentary, in some of the special features, the story he's telling. He's in the movie. He is older Frank, Frankie. He's that character. Because the you know when I get into the breakdown, you know how you see him and you know it's it starts off with that character older, but mm-hmm. you never see his face. That's the director. Oh, so okay. I yeah. didn't realize that. And and if you think about it, his name's Frank Frankie. Yeah. So no. you can oh, tell man. this was original. I know, but you can tell, <laughs> and you should know, I'm and just, I should know. I'm this. just gonna warn you, I'm gonna be shitty. <laughs> I know you are, but regardless, you gotta respect as the director for an, two directors here who've directed shit. When you're passionate about something, yes, you yes. can feel it. And that's yes. that's what I like about this movie. Now, as I've gotten older, revisiting it is you could tell that Frank Lelogia didn't give a shit and made the movie he wanted to make. Like this is his movie. You can just like- tell this wasn't a studio film. This was a movie he wanted to make. And I believe it was an independent film. It was independently financed. So possibly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, um, and I think I learned that on the uh, commentary. It's also based, the whole plot of this film was based on the white lady ghost legend. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the seed planted to help write this screenplay is what I gather just from what I read online. So so it stars Lucas Haas as Frankie, who I will always remember from <laughs> Mars Attacks. Yep. <laughs> And, uh, a kid from Mars of Texas. And boys with Winona Ryder. I, I've mm-hmm. always enjoyed and, that uh, movie. Oh, what's the name of the other one? The one that it was I, an Inception. Like, Mar- Mars Attacks. No, it's not. He's it been in a bunch of shit. Yeah, <laughs> there's been... one that I'm always like. I mean, other than Mars Attacks. Um, and boys, boys is another movie I always remember him being in. I've only the, seen the, that like I, once. I'm pretty sure it's Boys with Winona Ryder. Lucas Haas has always been one of those actors that's been in a ton of shit. But I feel like he never blew up. He never became like an A-lister. But he's been around he's forever. He's a weird actor. He's very yeah. weird. I respect he's him, very weird. He's yeah. one of those actors, whenever I see him in something, I'm like, I like Lucas Haas. I don't know. I just... Leap of Faith. <laughs> ah, Leap of Faith in... with Steve Martin. Yes. He's the crippled yes. boy. 
that's right. what I'm always thinking of him in. Like yes. you said, we say Mars Attacks and and Boys, yes. but Leap of Faith is the one that's always. Oh, I always remember that he's the he's the boy in the wheelchair. And, and I believe this is his first leading role, and he's little in this. He's like a little kid. And uh, I'll say this at the top: I think he's a little annoying at times, but that's usually children. But I don't think he's that bad for a child actor in this, personally speaking. Just my opinion. <laughs> I think, um, and this isn't a good or bad thing, um, I think that um, he was already an actor. He already had it in he, him. He was already, yes. I, I feel, I'm pretty yes. sure this wasn't his first film. This was just no, his first leading a Solar role. Babies was before this. Yes. He, uh, he had a couple movies. He had of experience, movies. basically, yeah. in a nutshell. But yeah. I think that he's, um, I think he's a natural. Yes. And, I don't, and I don't mean that in his level of talent. I mean just in himself. He has gotcha. this natural ability. And um, there are, in, uh, um, I'm, it's kind of hard to explain it, but like there are moments in this film where I watch him in this and I can see him today making the same facial expressions, yeah. having the same reaction. Like he's always doing this look and he yeah. still does that today. And he's so almost that's why 50 I, years old now. Yeah, so, imagine. Exactly. <laughs> so. so that's why I say like I think that he's already an actor at this point, which is why he was able to carry the film. And it's kind of like either you like what he brings to the role or you don't. So if you find him annoying, then you just don't like the way he played the role. But there was nothing you could have done, I think, that would have changed how he played it because he. I feel like even at that age, he already found his performance style. Like it's just an... He's got this natural, this is what he does. Yeah, he reminds me of Henry Thomas in E.T. a little bit. And this is mm-hmm. after E.T., funny enough. Okay. And, and yes. E.T. is going to come up a little later. I can see um, that. But I, uh, I feel like they both have the same level of, like, they're not offensive as child actors. Mm-hmm. They're annoying at times when they're screaming or doing annoying shit like most kids are in real life. Mm-hmm. But when they're dramatic, it kind of, it works. That's what yeah. I felt in this movie and Lucas Haas when he like whenever there's anything horrific happening or that it gets tense mm-hmm. you feel it with him as an actor and I think yeah. it works and I, and I and you know that's one thing I'll say about this movie at the top here is he's very effective as Frankie and like you said he drives it and he's just a natural like you said yeah that's a good way yeah, of putting it you know yeah as a child actor I think he was like Christina Ricci Yes, she's her not too. the same, but she, I feel like she's not the same actor she is today as she was in the no. Adams family. Her no. performance in the Adams family was different from her performance in Pumpkin, Whoa. which is different from her performance in Buffalo '66 and Black Snake. Yeah, Moon. we both love like Christina yes. Ricci, and even like yeah. me, like for instance, I'm a huge fan of Mermaids with mm-hmm. Cher, Winona Lo- Ryder, yeah. and Christina love Ricci, it. and that and is a totally different. She's also like nine in that, yeah. and she's... no, no, from. From what do you even, mean? From I was that gonna say to, Adam's family. Oh yeah, that was only They're a few like years later. Two yeah. years apart, and yeah. these are two completely different actors. Exactly. Here, it's you know? weird. It's it's so interesting yeah. when, you, when you look at like just kids, you know, mm-hmm. child actors. Some of them stick around, like Lucas Haas, Christina Ricci, Henry Thomas, mm-hmm. who's great now. Whenever like yep. you know Mike Flanagan puts him in stuff. So like it's just interesting, just kind of the way their careers work out. Like you could just tell when a kid's good, they're good. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what you got from Lucas Haas in mm-hmm. Lady in White, to yeah. me at least. 
Um, the other kind of lead I'd say in the film is uh, Alex Rocco as Angelo. He's uh, Frankie's father. He's mm-hmm. probably the co-lead in the film. He has a lot of scenes. Uh, he's from The Godfather. So I will, I will <laughs> never not see him as the smarmy executive, uh, record executive in that thing you do. Yes, yes. Who's yes, standing right. there I eating his sandwich he and, he, and yes. he just has this yes. – like he sticks his gut out and he's very like – he takes the scene from yeah. everybody. He, and it's like it's like one scene. Yeah. But I can't not remember him in that moment. Yeah, he's great. He's he's good, man. He's good in this too. He's like, of course, he's like a middle aged man at this point. He's he's completely very seasoned uh, yes, as yes. an actor. Uh, but he's he was a middle aged man then. No, nah, yeah. he's listen. He's the he to me is the heart of this movie. Like the Angelo, you know, Frankie's dad. You know, his that mm. character's the heart of the film, and you're rooting for him too throughout throughout the movie. I, I feel. And uh, he just has super Italian, but it works because that's, you know, a theme in this movie, Italian. Like, you know, I'm well, not Italian, but Rochester. yeah, like you could I've... just, you could just, like, I'm not Italian, but even I'm like, all right, I know a lot of, fr- I have a lot of friends that are half Italian. It's a, you, you have a little. You watch this movie. Yeah, you right? Don't you have some, Ita- isn't there Italian in your family? Yes. 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 So there you go. You watch the movie. You, you know? start talking with your hands and suddenly, yeah. oh, oh, you watched the lady in white. It was a pretty yeah. good movie. Eh? Yeah. You know, like Dave's Italian. Mm-hmm. Tom is Italian. Like a lot of people that are involved with Haunted Hangover. Like, you know, like, so I have a lot of friends that are Italian. So like, a lot of their family members, they are like this, you know, their grandparents movie, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's like, I know exactly. I, I can't relate to it but i know it like i'm familiar with it you know what i mean um one more actor i want to point out is uh katherine hellman uh she plays amanda harper in this from who's the boss mona yes so <laughs> i always mona. Like, i forgot i hadn't seen this in a few years and i always forget because it's a small role she's only in a couple of scenes yeah um and i have more to say about that character a little later um but i also want to point out she was in the ill-fated Elvira show pilot that only mm. had one episode that we covered on that. Patreon last year. Yeah, that. she's oh Dave and I covered it, I think, last year on Patreon. So go check that out. Had to plug that there for a second. Plug, go check out plug. that episode over on our Patreon page. Plugging stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, that those are kind of the three actors to me that stand out. This is it is an ensemble. There is one other actor, but I have he's in my likes. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll get to him a little later. Uh so yeah, so so Lady in White. It is told in a flashback. The film starts with an older Frankie who is a novelist from L.A. visiting his his town of Willow Points Fall, his, the town he grew up in. He's going back to go just pay a visit. We never really know why. He's just going there. I might have missed it, but I'm pretty sure it's really short, a short piece of exposition with a cab Trying. driver. And trying you need real him. hard to be Richard Dreyfus. Yes, Richard Dreyfus. Very Stephen King, and this entire That's... film has a Stephen King, Ray Bradbury feel to it. Um, so, and when we go deeper into it, I, I can explain why I feel it. It had to be influenced by Ray Bradbury. It, it feels very much like that type of movie, that type of story. Um, I also can compare it to The Wonder Years because. There's a voiceover comes back, you know, older Frankie comes back several times throughout the film just to kind of narrate certain scenes and feelings and emotions that young Frankie's feeling during, which I did like. I do think it was a nice touch for this story that they're, you know, they're, they're trying to tell. Um, one more little detail. 1962 is when it's set. 
Um, and that comes into play with a lot of different stuff, including, you know, racism and stuff like that, which we'll uh, get into a little later. Uh, but yeah, it, it follows nine-year-old Frankie, who on Halloween night is locked in a coat closet at his school by a couple of bullies. And he witnesses the spirit of a young girl named Melissa, who he basically, it's almost like a recreation premonition type of deal. Like she's a ghost and this ghost has unfinished business, I guess is the best way of putting it. So she's reliving how she was murdered over and over again every night at 10 p.m. That's kind of how I took it. And what ends up happening is Frankie sees this girl get strangled and he sees the perpetrator and moments he the later. Sound first. He hears the he sound hears something, first. He hears something fall yeah. first. And then, he, I think he kind of dozes off too. There's a whole sequence where he kind of, I think, closes his eyes and then wakes up a little later. It's a, it's a little while later that the... Yeah, the girl is clearly being attacked, but you can see her, but you can't see who's attacking her. During her... That, yeah, during the, what he's <laughs> yeah. seeing, yes. What he's yes. seeing. Yeah, what he's seeing, he only sees her. He doesn't see the attacker. Yeah, you don't see the attacker at all because that's kind of the yeah. point of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, per the perpetrator, the murderer, comes into the room in search for something in one of the vents. And he ends up discovering Frankie. Before I go any further, I do want to point out I love the scene with the rat. There's a rat. <laughs> Frankie's trying to hide. Yeah. And a random big-ass juicy rat is giant like a sewer rat we see here in new york in the, on the subway right. is like yeah is running across the like cupboard because that's where yeah. frankie's hiding and trying to go up his leg i'm like this is the bravest rat i've ever seen you'd think it is a subway rat it's a new york rat. Yep. not so, scared of he's him from rochester dude. yeah so, yeah that's, <laughs> frank's from rochester he's that, <laughs> those are the rats he knows <laughs> that rat traveled from yep. the fucking e-train in, in, in roosevelt here in oh, queens yeah. all the way oh, to yeah. rochester that's, so, it. that's why the rat was so brave and mm, was willing Emily's to come taking care yeah. of it up in sleepy hollow oh, right yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, but yes so the perpetrator again like i said comes back he's looking for something in the vent and he ends up finding Frankie there because Frankie's hiding in his Halloween costume and he's pretending to be, I guess, like a coat or something. And the, the killer tries to strangle Frankie and Frankie ends up having this like weird 2001 near-death experience <laughs> where he's rushing towards the sun and there's bad, bad green screen. And what ends up happening is he meets up with Melissa at at a grave at like a, I, I believe it's Melissa's his grave the ghost. Site. yeah Melissa's, Melissa's the ghost, ghost. Yeah. his grave site and basically Melissa wants his help to find her mother now fortunately Frankie's father shows up in the nick of time and he's able to revive Frankie with CPR unfortunately <laughs> Frankie wasn't able to see the face of the attacker so us as the audience and Frankie we have no idea who this person is who tried to kill him and killed Melissa. We have no clue. And it's done pretty effectively because it's all shadow. And It is. And, and, and even more unfortunately, there happens to be a janitor that works overnight and he yes. happens to be black. So yes. guess who gets arrested without 
any question. <laughs> hey, motherfucker, what are you doing here? It's, Come on, you're yeah, coming with me. There's it's, literally that silly scene of them yanking him out of the chair, and he goes, Ooh, Well, he's drunk. Like, nonetheless. He's drunk. Yeah, it, that's it gonna, suddenly that's became it. very campy. That scene, I will yeah. say, is a little hokey. Um, also, I don't want to get into the ending until later. No. It's consent, very yeah. obvious who the killer is. It's predictable. You can yep. smell it a, a mile away. So to kind of speed things along, we learn throughout the rest of the film that there's a child serial killer uh, who's killed 11 kids over the last decade. Frankie would have been number 12. <laughs> That's basically what you get from it. His brother, Gino, kind of makes fun of it. I do yeah. like that scene where his brother's kind of poking fun. Like, you could have been number 12 and been really famous. Um and but like he ended up being said, famous anyway. He was he on the front up, page of the paper yes. with that stupid look. <laughs> with the stupid <laughs> look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> the Lucas Haas look. Yeah. But like you said, the school janitor who is black ends up taking taking the fall for it. He's an innocent man. Mm-hmm. And there are stuff about that I don't like about the film, and we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he's wrongfully accused of the murders. Um, and, you know, you really – they play it up a lot in this film – this is when racism was running rampant in America. I feel like they they did as realistic of a depiction. It's not. It's done pretty tastefully, except for one thing I fucking hate. Uh, but it's done pretty tastefully. There's one or two moments where I'm like, eh. But it's not. It's not. It's not too offensive. I guess is what I'll say. Yeah. It's, um, in the it's, in the movie, it's like. I think it's kind of showing that it exists. Yeah, it's hard for me to articulate the it because... The level of racism exists, yeah. and this is the world we live in, and this is what we're saying yeah. the point, but they don't... I really, I do feel like they don't get too deep into it. They yeah. make it clear without having to, like, really drive it. And, it's and, like, and, they and clearly they, yeah. arrested him because he's black. And the racism, clearly. it's not like every character is racist, because a lot no. of them aren't. There's only maybe His one or two. father is... Is not. Yeah. He doesn't even yeah. care. The cop... I don't take mm-hmm. the cop. You kind of are like eh, a little bit because he has one scene where you're just kind of like, all right, he might be a little racist. But mm-hmm. again, done pretty tastefully. They made it where the father is basically ends up being the only person who's um, sympathetic towards yes. the family, toward the the guy's family. Yes. Like even the scene in church, which was which was a really excellent scene. Yeah. The whole church, because the the, uh, uh, the janitor has been arrested now, yeah. and they believe that he was the killer of these yes. kids as well. So the whole so his, so his wife and two kids are in church, and the whole church, the, the mother of one of the girls was killed, yes. starts crying. You know, so the the, uh, the priest is doing a sermon, and he does yeah. this, and, and she gets up and she looks at her. It's like your husband, blah blah blah. You know, and the whole Whole, the whole church stops to turn and looks at her and giving her that look. So her and the kids start to walk out and she just faints. Yeah, it, and it's, his, it's a great scene. Yeah, and his father's the only one who jumps up and runs to her to see if she's okay. Yeah, and walks her outside and like you know makes sure she's fine. He's the only nobody else even batted an eye. That's so they made it very clear that the father um, is a good-hearted person. And I think that scene alone sold it. Like that—that's what you wanted to show. What a good, kind person he truly is. 
And that's why you're rooting for him in the whole yeah. movie. Like you yes. want him. He doesn't know. Like he knows something is up, but he's not exactly sure what the deal is with this murderer and why this man is being accused of being the killer. Where in his gut he knows this guy didn't do it. Why would he do it? He has kids of his own. Yeah. But I, I want to go into the whole mm-hmm. the whole plot with Willie. Willie's the name of the janitor. Okay. That whole situation a little later because it's there's something that happens in this movie I fucking hate, and I think you know what it is. And it's one of the things we'll uh, we'll dive into with the dislikes. Uh, and I know you have a lot of them. <laughs> so, but yes, biting that tongue right now, <laughs> yeah. sucking on some blood. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Frankie, yeah. with the help of his older brother Gino, along with ghostly visions of the lady in white, you know, they go to investigate these murders, finding different clues involving a ring that was found in the vent. And they're just really trying to find the identity of the serial killer and bring Melissa's killer to justice. That's the whole point. That's basically what they're what the whole point of the film is. It's a murder mystery. And the, you know, the main character, for the most part, are children. You're following kids. And that's basically Lady in White in a nutshell. Thank you, Frankie, for that very unusual story. And now, people, you may go to the cloakroom to get your coats. Alphabetically. A through E, please. And have a safe and happy Halloween. I want to just highlight a couple of things. And the first thing I want to talk about are probably the strongest first 30 minutes to a movie when it comes to Halloween. That's what I want to kind of focus on. For a bit. So I, I remember a while ago because we have our series on the podcast where we cover we cover non, you know, non-Halloween movies with Halloween scenes. You know, like scenes, you know, movies that have Halloween scenes in them, but they're not technically Halloween films. And this film technically would fit into a movie that's not really a Halloween movie, but has Halloween scenes. But the only issue I think with that is a good chunk of the movie and the main reason all this is happening is because of what happens to Frankie on Halloween. And like I said, the first I said, the first I say maybe 35 minutes is Halloween. It's set on Halloween. It's Halloween night. And I think the way they portrayed and neither one of us were alive in the 60s, so we don't know. But I think the way they portrayed the holiday is spot on. You, it, it feels like the autumn. You see the leaves changing, which is very hard to do in movies. A lot of Halloween set films can't do that. Today, you know, that's usually missing. Like the Halloween movies with Michael Myers, a lot of the times they just don't feel like autumn because they're shooting in the, in the spring somewhere. You know what I mean? Like it's just, or California or something like that. So like, it never feels like the fall. You could tell they put a lot of effort into making this movie feel especially those first 30 minutes, like it's October 31st. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Just the montage of the kid throwing the newspaper, the delivery boy, uh, you know, Frankie and Gino riding their bikes and Frankie wearing his Dracula mask with the cape. The scene in the classroom where Frankie tells the scary story and all the kids bring a jack-o'-lantern to class and all the decorations and the skeletons on the wall, the paper uh, Beastle-style skeletons, Dude, everything about these scenes, fucking phenomenal, magical. Like, just that one image 
of that classroom and the kids are going fucking crazy like in the class which i love too they're just throwing shit around and they're playing a record and the teacher's like telling them to calm down just it's great i just i just love everything about it i think it starts off so strong and maybe that's why some people don't like it i could see someone watch this movie and watch those first 30 minutes and like wow this shit's gonna be amazing and then they feel it fizzles out mm. and, I, and i could totally see that and i and i think that might play into maybe a little bit why you don't like it. I'm sure there are other sh- there are there's other mm-hmm. shit too that you hate in this fucking movie. Uh, but I wanted to highlight that because I think that's one of the most effective things about this movie. And you always see Lady in White on list, you know, must watch Halloween films. Even though 90 minutes of this movie, because it's almost a two hour long run runtime, don't take place on Halloween. Yeah. Just even Christmas in this movie but halloween is so prominent like even more so than more christmas christmas than halloween no, I, I, in- I checked i checked christmas mm-hmm. is only there's like four minutes of screen time of like christmas trees and christmas it music it feels like even at even in the final shot of the movie when the the house is on fire they're using the em, burning embers from the from the fire from the burning house to yeah. look like snow in the final scene. In that scene, It maybe. looks like it's snowing. Uh, I don't so think that's, that's what they were going but, for, though. But, oh, I, I totally think that. You think I'm so? No. I totally think that they did that on purpose. I th- That's why I feel like it has more of a Christmas movie feel than a really? Halloween movie feel. <laughs> yeah. Once that Halloween is over, I feel like – I feel like this almost turns into like it has more of a Christmas story feel. I don't see and the, the reason why I don't agree with that. The ghosts. I feel like it feels more like a Christmas story than I, it does. I see where you're coming from, but mm. but the fact that the family lives on a farm with corn stacks, there's giant pumpkins on their porch. I get where you're coming from, but the Christmas portion is so like you never see. Like you, they, literally, the only Christmas scene at his school is almost in montage, and it's the limbo scene. I'm pretty sure where like the teacher's doing limbo, and like you see like a Santa Claus. It's like montage style, whereas the Halloween portion is literally the first, first few, not even the first act. Well, maybe the first act of the film. The first 35 minutes is Halloween. So I don't know. I get where you're coming from, but I also can see. Just kind of the whole kind of scary story, ghost story aspect of it bleeding into the rest of the year, the rest of the months. You know, I feel like this is something you'd watch during the Halloween season more so. Like, I don't see anyone picking this movie to watch during the Christmas season. No, no. My opinion. No. But I could see someone picking this for the Halloween season because Mm -hmm. there's so much of it that revolves around Halloween and all goes back there's Halloween even the scene night. though when he's he's with the Chris the girl the ghost in the Christmas tree. No, yes, when she you pulls know? the ornament off or yes. whatever. Yeah, like so, that's, that I think that's the second time he sees her. Yeah, so it's possibly, like he sees her yes. on Halloween night, and then he doesn't see her again until Christmas. They definitely they bypass Thanksgiving, which is Completely. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Thanksgiving. Who's, <laughs> I know, which kind of I love Thanksgiving, man. I don't know. So like, I was just like, it's it's yo. Thanksgiving always gets the shit end of the fucking stick. Like, whatever. Yeah, like, well, it always gets, like, the shitty... It always gets fucking bypassed, man. It's so funny. Murder holiday. Oh, yes. But like I said, I, I feel the Halloween... Like, when Halloween is done in this film, it's done right. 
and I, I just think it's really strong. I like, can agree with that. That's just I, I wanted to highlight it that. It looks good. It looks exactly. like it looks Everything. and feels like Halloween. Everything, it really dude. does. Everything about it just to me works. Uh, the mask is, you know, to me more iconic with the film. I think that most people Don when they think of this, flat, yeah, yeah, like the Dracula mask. When people mm-hmm. think of the movie, you know, they think of that mask he's wearing. Frankie is a horror fan. You see the Aurora figures, mm-hmm. the model kits all over yep. his room. Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman. You see him. So the kid is a he's a horror kid in yep. the '60s. So again, that's why I'm leaning more towards the Halloween mm-hmm. aspects of it and theme more so than the Christmas. But I I can see the argument. I respect the argument that it could be you know, a little more Christmassy. I think um, maybe it's possible that. Um Maybe it's possible, as you said, Frank Loja is is heavily in the movie. Like it's him. So I also I do feel like there are um, three. As a child, when you're a kid, I feel like there are three times of the year that you have the fondest memories and mean the most to you. One is summertime. Period. Because no school, you and your friends, it's summer. The second being Halloween, and the third being Christmas. I think those are the three times of year that most kids have the strongest memories. Um, everybody goes back to school in September, but then October is like that first moment. Halloween yeah. is the first, like, we can have fun again. We can be kids. We can be silly. We can be dumb. We can costume, dress up. Yeah. yeah, and we get candy, and then Christmas comes along. And then after Christmas, you're pretty much just waiting for summer. Yeah. Like, as, a, as like an eight-year-old kid. Your birthday is probably the only <laughs> other okay, day. But, yeah, I guess. But that, you, yeah, but just, everybody's that birthday. That came to mind. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it could be okay, anywhere. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You know, but everybody's birthday is a different time of year. Yeah. So I think universally, in 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 in, in the United States anyway, yeah. universally, summer, Halloween, and Christmas are the three times a year that every kid kind of looks forward to. I can know? agree with so that. I feel that maybe that's what – if this is – if he's embodying the child – like the, mm. if 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 you know like this child embodies himself, maybe that's why he made this this blend of Christmas mm. and Halloween, where it's like it could go either way because this was such a you know important memories had he had so many memories around those two holidays when he was a child you know and Halloween was a completely different holiday then. As than it is today. Oh, for sure, it's completely you know? different. Yeah. yeah, today it is. It's all about horror movies, and it's all about parties, yeah. and it's all about you know. But back then, it was really just about kids getting costumes and Candy. going yeah. trick or treating and doing silly, you know, doing silly pranks on each other and getting their candy at the end of the night and going home, and then the day's over. Now yeah. it's like Halloween's a month long event. <laughs> like, yeah, it's completely two months yeah. long, three months exactly. long at this point. Even when we were kids, yeah. Halloween was one day. One Even month. the day yeah, it was before, one day. Yeah, yeah, the day before, you couldn't, you weren't putting your costume on, you weren't celebrating it. In you know, twenty years ago, unless there was a Halloween cel- party like the weekend before or something, which I did some, go to as a yes, kid. So. Yeah, some towns did it early. Like if Halloween yeah. was on a Monday or Tuesday, yeah. the town would celebrate it on on Saturday, so all the kids yeah. could you know participate. You know. And and I wanted to highlight that just because of you know haunted hangover Halloween mm-hmm. is is it with us you know what I mean so it's like you think so <laughs> I uh, I've been wanting to cover this movie for a while it's one of the like Halloween and I use mm-hmm. air quotes because technically again yeah. not it's not all set on Halloween but it's 
I, I consider it a Halloween movie, and I think it is a good watch during the Halloween season, personally speaking. I will say the Christmas scenes are done very well, too. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. Like, they captured Christmas, the essence of Christmas in those scenes, but I feel it doesn't really play into the plot too much. It's more so just like, because t- Frankie even says it, time is just passing by, yeah. and next see, thing but, you know, it's Christmas. See, but I don't feel like Halloween plays into the plot much either. It, I feel I, yeah. like I feel like it's okay. It takes place on Halloween, but I don't think that it's a plot device. I don't, no, it's I think, not a I think plot it's device. Just a thing. Yeah, it just, it's just happens a thing. to be Halloween, and but that's the why you I feel like it. he. Yeah, that's why I feel like he did it on purpose. Like he just he was trying to emulate the time rather than this happened because it was Halloween. Come out, Denise! Oh, shut up! <laughs> Another character I fucking love in this movie is Frankie's grandfather. I, oh, I just Jesus. It's so silly. He wanted nothing to do with anyone. Dude, it's so <laughs> fucking silly. But, like, it's such a grandpa thing. That's mm-hmm. what I fucking love about it. So, throughout the film, Frankie's grandfather, I don't have his name in the notes. It's just Frankie's grandfather. Mm-hmm. All he wants to do, and it's an ongoing joke, all he wants is to be left the fuck alone and smoke a cigarette. Yep. But he's constantly being attacked by his wife, Frankie's grandmother, or getting caught by Gino. If you mm-hmm. notice, Gino's yeah. always like stumbling upon him smoking and like. I just love it. It's it, it brings a lot of levity to a pretty dark movie because most of the movie is dark and, and bleak. Yeah. Um, but I just love it, dude. You know, he's he's out by the backyard smoking a cigarette. He's in the he's down in the basement smoking a cigarette. And every time you know, I want, there's one scene I think where the door smacks in his face and Dan mm-hmm. like destroys the cigarette as he's enjoying it. So the man can't just be left alone to chill. And smoke a cigarette. I, I love it, man. I just it's, He just wants fucking, to be left alone. <laughs> it's so funny. They literally cast that actor just to do that. He falls in the bathtub. Yeah. His cigarettes are in the Keep drainage. Smoking. That's it. He's like, I just, want to, I just want to have one cigarette in peace. And they just talk, one. They, they yell at each other in Italian, like, mamma mia. They do all mm-hmm. that. So I just thought it was, it was fucking great, yeah. and I loved it. Uh, the S- other character uh, I want to shine a light on is Donald. Played by mm-hmm. Jared Rushton. Jared Rushton. Always, always plays a bully or a shitty mm-hmm. kid. Honey, mm-hmm. I Shrunk the Kids. Pet yeah. Cemetery 2. Yep. Like he's always, uh-huh. always a shitty kid. And in this movie, he's pretty shitty. He's got he a is. line. He's got a line in this movie. Canceled. Canceled. Wait, oh, well, yeah, He'd be yeah, canceled. I wasn't, I wasn't even going to say that, but yes. He would be canceled. Well, it was in the script. This movie, this would, no, the mo- no, the movie itself, that would have this been edited out. Today, this movie, would be yes. edited out. Yes. Yes. They would totally the cut that scene out. of Donald, played by mm-hmm. Jared Rush- Rushton, drops the N-word mm-hmm. with a hard on. Multiple arm, so. times. Yes. He, a couple most, of times oh, in one times, scene. In one but, scene. Yes, yeah. they're playing it up that he's racist. Yeah. That's again going back to what we said earlier. It's probably the only time where you hear it's that as advert out yeah, where it's and, as um overt. Yes. yes. And you know, we're looking at it from a twenty twenty three perspective. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind nineteen eighty eight, not that it was right, but it was a different world. Nineteen sixty two. 
Well, this is 1962, but that's what I'm saying. It's but yeah, it came but out in film, 88, but but even in 88, it's like mm, watch yes. movies. And, yeah, it you know, was still, a different time. It was um, still there. Yeah, but seeing it now, seeing a child mm-hmm. say it, even I forgot. I put it on. I was like, oh shit, you know what I mean? I was like, I forgot <laughs> he says that. But yeah. you know, they make they make the, the character of Donald really. He says he he curses. He says yeah. shit a couple times. He's got this one line that made me chuckle. Uh, mm-hmm. I do like how for Halloween he's dressed as the devil, so yep. <laughs> it just works into the character being shitty. Um, and he's got a line where he says it's colder than a witch's tit. He literally <laughs> says right. that. Yes, which it's is, colder than a witch's tit out here. It's colder yeah. than a witch's tit, and it's just funny to see uh, this like <laughs> nine-year-old saying mm-hmm. this shit. And to go back to another previous episode where uh, we picked. Our favorite costumes from mm-hmm. uh, from a favorite Halloween costumes from a film. Uh, Dave cho- chose his co- uh, Jared okay. Rushton's costume from Pet Cemetery Two with the stocking on his head mm-hmm. and all that shit. So I just love how this guy just pops up in movies and yeah. he's always a shitty, bratty, yep. horrible child. <laughs> like that's what yep. what he, he plays. Typecasting. Dude, even when, when the teacher... He's good at it, too. Yeah, he is. He's good at playing a piece of shit. That's basically mm-hmm. what this guy... And you don't see him in stuff anymore. I wonder what happened to him. He's, I know he's around still, but you don't really see him in stuff. He's not. He's he's very much a child actor that just kind of vanished. Disappeared, yeah. Yeah, like just maybe retired and stopped acting or maybe popped up in little you know TV here and there maybe, but... I'm curious. Um, there is a scene too with him that I that you know I mentioned it before that they're they're in class and the teacher you know they have a limbo pole and mm-hmm. she's kind of going you know under the limbo pole and they keep bringing the limbo pole lower <laughs> so that Donald he can, can lift raise, her dress. yeah can lift her 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 Fucking. skirt and look underneath and I'm like and she's completely oblivious Obliv- to it completely I'm oh like, no yeah. raise it raise it like, oh Jesus it, Christ my man's fucking getting a peek at fucking all the goods down there mm-hmm. you know so I just it's just fucking he's great in this fucking movie as just like a shitty kid as a quick aside the teacher Lucy Lee Flippin talking oh, about. Man. <laughs> yes, Lucy Lee flipping, talking about typecasting. Now she's been in a bunch of movies since like the seventies. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but the teacher role. Now I'm gonna go mostly. I'm looking at her IMDb. I'm gonna go mostly on the films where she's just called Mrs. Something. <laughs> yeah, you know, or something that's obvious. You know, so in Surf Two, she was Mrs. Big Head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was the librarian in amazing in an amazing stories episode. Substitute teacher Ms. Cura in summer school. Um, Lady in White, Grace Ladella. Uh, she was Mrs. Jennings in Small Wonder. <laughs> she was the school nurse Mimosa in My Mom's a Werewolf. Oh my God! <laughs> Mrs. Palmer in in the TV show ba- Valerie. <laughs> she was the library manager in Beverly Hills 90210. She was the t- uh, the the school nurse Nancy in Erie, Indiana. <laughs> wow. Miss Fellman in Shoot the Moon. Ms. Morlock in Lady Killer. Mrs. Kale in Soccer Dog. She made a cottage industry of just being the substitute teacher. She's literally a teacher, a school that's, nurse, or a librarian. She that's works li- at a school. That's basically it. She, but she has that look. 
What a <laughs> she career. Does have, seriously, that's it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm sure she did I'm sure she did well with all these roles it too. It seems seems like it. Uh she uh, she hasn't done anything since 2008. Wow. But uh, yeah. Jay, listen, but, uh, man. She was cashing those checks. She's good to go from all those movies. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't need to work anymore. She was keeping busy throughout the all the That's 70s it. and 80s. She was just She was everyone's teacher. teacher in every fucking movie. <laughs> and I and just like and she's great, dude, so. She is. Like we yeah. said that kind of jokingly and then I started looking through this and I'm like Holy shit, she really was. I can't picture her as anything but a teacher. <laughs> and there's a reason why. So there you, know? you go. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, what's up, man? Nothing. We're going to the cottage. You want to come? No. I promised my dad I'd be home before dark. Besides, I have to finish delivering these greeting cards. What's the matter? Afraid the lady in white will get you? No. Then what are you waiting for? Hop on. All right, so real quick, just about the overall plot. What what I love about Lady in White, and you don't really see it much in movies in general, I think, is that it's this really dark story about these children looking, you know, trying to solve a murder. And not playing, there's not a lot of comedy besides the grandfather, I think is probably the most comedic aspect of the movie. It's him <laughs> in reality. Mm -hmm. But overall, the tone's really dark. And I can't think of too many movies where children are in peril and there's actual risk. Like, one of them can die. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think in this movie, you feel it and it's done well. And I can't think of too many other... Can you? Too many other movies? Not where, like... Where, like, like there is actual I mean, I mean, risk in the like, film. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Like, you can think of the Goonies and, like, Monster Squad, Squad but there yeah. was no point where you actually thought these kids were going to die. E.T. Because it's just so lightly Yes. Like, E.T., I never thought Elliot was no. going to be murdered no. or any of the kids. Like, no. Drew Barrymore. Like, like, you know what I mean? Or like, the teenagers. Like, Fear No Evil. Yes. Which was, which was his old, which is Lelogia's previous First film. First film, yeah. I believed that something could happen to those, but they were older. They were These older. were older teenagers. I did believe that they were in real danger at some points because he was fucking killing people. But yeah, yeah, as kids, it's rare. Where you're taken back, like, oh shit, this guy is killing children. Like, you know, there's one or two films I can think of that are more contemporary. Like, what is it, Lovely Bones? A little bit reminds me of this. Another boring movie. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> there you go. You see, man, he's not a fan of that one. Or I Summer wasn't. of eighty was it eighty four? Summer of eighty four. That was good. But they're teenagers in that. Yeah. They're like pre-teen yeah, teenagers. Yeah, the Fright so. Night age, the Disturbia yes. age, that, yes. that rear window age, they're generally well, older. Well, where if you think about it, entire franchises of film yes. are teenagers being slaughtered. So teenagers. You, there's no, yeah. I no, guess, but stakes. like 10-year-olds. Yes. Yeah, 10-year-olds that could might, might actually die, yes. You know, and, and when violence happens in this film... It's pretty rough for a PG-13 movie. Mm. Like, you know, like like Frankie gets cut. He gets choked out. You know, like, you know, the guy's a, 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 a the, the serial killer is an abuser of children, too, in other manners. Yeah. It's implied. So pretty dark shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah, that scene where he's teaching him to. Um, oh, God. We're going to get into the big reveal yeah. of who the killer is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the arrows. The arrow. He's oh, him God. To he's like, wow, dude, God. you just they went from to wow. Like you haven't like, given it away. So I'm just that scene. You, you went from. Oh, cool. He's being taught to shit. Holy, Holy shit. shit this, he's creepy. Whoa. 
that's a good segue to, to go into the ending of the nowhere, film and yeah. the reveal of what that's happens where, in the movie. That's yeah. where if you haven't picked up by now, that is the moment where it becomes painfully obvious, this is the fucking guy. He's the fucking this killer. Is the fuck- yes. So yeah. in the movie, Frankie's dad has a, a childhood friend from high school, I believe, named Phil. And he comes okay, in and see, out I of the movie. I thought it was his brother. I no, I believe he it's treats a child. Him like a brother, though. It's like Frankie's him like uncle. Yeah, he's like, that, like you know, he, that that friend that's been around yes. your entire life. Yeah, and he's he like, treats him like a brother. Yeah. So yeah, he's family. Like you said, there's a whole scene where that where there where he's teaching him. It's an ongoing subplot where he he shoots an the arrow and he calls arrow. him Broken Arrow. Yeah, the, the the character of Phil, and also throughout the film, we we meet this this woman. Played by uh, by Catherine Hellman, who they treat as kind of like the crazy lady in town, try to burn down her house, and all she does is play the piano and live alone. And they call her the lady in white. She's kind of the lady in white to the you know to the kids in town. The ki- she's, she's the legend. Yeah, she's the yeah. local legend. Yeah. She's that house. She's the stay away don't, from don't that go house. There on Halloween yeah. night. Don't cross. Yeah. And throw you we in a pot learn, of oil. <laughs> Yeah. So so when the reveal happens that Phil is the killer. And there's a lot of shit going on in the movie. Basically, that lady in white is actually the sister of uh, Melissa's mother. So that's her aunt. And she went crazy because her niece and sister died. Because the real ghostly figure lady in white that we see a couple times throughout the movie killed herself. That woman, Melissa's mother, killed herself after finding Melissa's body. And they want to be reunited. And the character that, um, that a Catherine Hellman played is just a sibling. She's kind of throwaway. And that's another problem I have in the film. She's kind of pointless. She's <laughs> the, she, 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 she's the fake out. We have, it's just ridiculous. It's this pointless. Is, we start getting in. This is the sorts of the things that are just like, okay, besides I convoluted, thought, it's convoluted. Besides thinking that the pacing was just fucking abysmal i feel like it was just so slow besides that need to be in it she didn't need to be in the movie at all we see the ghost of the little girl and then we see this lady in white that saves saves or view becomes a vision lucas's vision at least twice at least twice in the film a a small handful of times he's she comes she's a vision and she saves him from the uh, uh the killer you know, she saves him. Well, she becomes saves. it's a combination of both yes. things. Yeah, and the but vision. she's a vision. Yeah. So yeah. when we get to the house in the end, suddenly he wakes up in the bedroom and she's talking to him, and it's like, okay, it's another vision. And then the killer grabs her and starts choking her, and it's like, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me this entire time she wasn't <laughs> fucking dead yet? She's still a human being living in this fucking house. Yeah, How is weird. he seeing visions of her if she's alive? Yeah, and it's then weird. yeah, she's the act. She's the lady in white he's been seeing. And then when we get to the end, the actual lady in white is the dead girl's dead mother. And we see now a new vision of her floating above. And she's the one that saves him from falling off the cliff at the end. Well, you know, the she's floating. Cut. Yeah, <laughs> she's the there. No, there is a bit of her in, as I just watched a theatrical yeah. cut. And there is her. She is floating no, over the reunite. sky. You see, Melissa yes, they're, they're and re- reunite. Yeah. So you do see her. But it's like, so wait a minute. So wait a minute. So the woman who we thought was another spirit the whole time is actually just the town crazy lady. And she's been human the whole time. How is this possible? I don't think that's what it is. I, I took it as. 
the lady in white. So I think it's a bad. It's a. It's like a bad twist. Both it reveals is. are kind of bad twists. Yes. Yes. So Phil's reveal as the killer, the family friend being the killer, in your face, obvious. Mm-hmm. Whatever. He's the killer, mm-hmm. and Frankie knows his identity, so mm-hmm. he wants to kill Frankie. That's that yeah. whole deal. The lady in white is where it gets a little kind of strange is because you've got this one character who's the town crazy and lives mm-hmm. in this house alone and she's related to Melissa and Melissa's yes. mother. Yes. And she is just a crazy lady. She just exists. But how I think what the film was trying to do was make you think she was the lady in white she's when in reality clearly, yes but it was the spirit of the mother but separately it's not. in the visions see I know but it's, it's not because it's clearly mona yeah it's weird. <laughs> when it, she's it's, floating down the stairs and they all actress. run from it's her a different actress that's though, what i'm saying this on. is this no later in the well, end yeah, but but a, during yeah. the course of the film it's her yeah, you see her on the, the stairs and it's like, wait a minute. I thought she, she's not a ghost. She's been a lot. How is this? This is, this, this is so. It's weird. <laughs> I think uh, when I first watched it, I watched the director's cut mm-hmm. and that's why it was longer and it was much slower. And now I watched the theatrical cut and I did feel like it was paced better. Like it moved a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, the the movie feels like it was four different movies that he had ideas of four and he just crammed them all together. There's so much. It's this movie. It feels like a Christmas story. It feels like a Halloween movie. Um, it feels at some points this, it feels like a fucking Steven Spielberg movie in some points. It like, oh, yeah, it even yeah, sounds like, yeah. yeah, it even sounds like the soundtrack sounds like a Spielberg movie. Then there's the weird ghost story element, which never really like, I feel like it wanted to be a little bit of a horror movie and it never does that. It wants to be a kid's movie. It never does that. It wants to be a murder mystery. It never really does that. There's so many elements in this. There's then, then there's the serial killer. So we have a stalk and kill type movie and it never does that. And it wants to be an urban legend and it never really does that. It never, (laughs) I feel like there's elements of all of this mixed in there and it never truly decides what type of movie it really is. It's, just an amalgam of everything he liked. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do that. Throw it all together and shit. So <laughs> I see where you're coming from. I, I get it. But you wholeheartedly disagree. No, I don't disagree with everything <laughs> you're saying. Because I, I, So the character of Amanda, her name's Amanda. The character, uh, ca- the, the sister. Yes, yes, yes. Mona. Yes, Mona. From who, Mona from, from Who's the Boss. The boss. She is kind of my biggest issue with the movie. Mm-hmm. I love I I still love this movie. I'm not I don't hate it like you do. <laughs> sure. I enjoy it. I think her character is throwaway unnecessary. Yep. You could have just had and that goes back to the director's cut. You could have just had the ghost, the mother, the actual lady in white in the, the actual spirit. Throughout. Be the hero of the movie at the end. She and could have help. been the visual through the whole movie. And in the director's cut, when we get to some differences, there's only a couple I have written down in my notes here. She is kind of the hero of the film. In the mm-hmm. theatrical version, she shows up, but she's not really as important to the final battle between Frankie and Phil yeah. at the edge of the cliff because that's where uh, Phil throws Melissa's body after he strangles and kills her. Um. But I think Amanda is that character is the main problem in the plot to me. 
because when she does reveal herself and she does, you know, help, I guess, because she's crazy, help Frankie with tying him. She doesn't tie him, but she places him mm-hmm. in the bed after Phil chases him. Yep. She's just like a crazy, she's just like a psycho. Like she's fucking schizophrenic or something. And then Phil just kills her. They have a scuffle, kills her. House he chokes her. Up. Yeah, she's yeah, talking over him and up, he chokes up. her from yeah. behind. And, and it, It's like, okay, she didn't need to be in it, mm-hmm. but. It is what it is, you know. I, I kind of look past it as uh, you know as best as I can, but I will admit that's what makes the ending kind of convoluted and all over the place. And even us describing it right now, it's like it would have been a lot simpler for Frankie to get knocked unconscious, yeah. end up in the house, and it's kind of like the spirit helped him, the lady in white spirit, lady in white, yeah. not Amanda, lady in white, the girl's mother, the dead mother, yes. yeah. I do have a question, though. And this is something maybe I missed it. You know, when was the little girl killed? How ten long years. ago? Ten she years. Was, ten years ago, she was killed. Yeah. It's, Why it's, is she, this fucking guy suddenly now looking for his ring the exact night that he's locked yeah, in the closet? That's just Ten cause... years later, he decided, holy shit, my ring has been down there the whole time. So I think, mm-hmm. and I might be wrong here. I'll what it is is, <laughs> is that vent, uh-huh. he always went back to it to kind of throw away something on the kid. So like or like an artifact. Like that okay, was like so his that trophy. Because there is there yeah. is a hair clip in there. So a maybe, soldier. Okay, so he wasn't going to retrieve the ring. He was going to add like I'm, maybe I'm his ring. Assuming? Maybe okay. <laughs> maybe that the fact that his ring fell down there the first time, he always came back to take it when like he took an yes. artifact from and he dumped yes. it down there. Okay, like a memento. Like that's okay. kind of what I, I know, took it as. That makes sense. That makes sense. Fine. Maybe his most recent kill, he dug his hand down there and the ring fell off. That's what I am assuming. That's what I took it as. How beautiful she was. And how she loved her little girl. She lived and died for her. I wanted to die too, but they wouldn't let me. What is the good of living when all that you love is gone? I, I want to mention one more thing that I, I, I kind of have a problem with with the movie. Besides the Amanda character being throwaway. The killing of Willie, the janitor. Mm. I thought it was super mean-spirited. It was. Did it not was, it, need to be no, in the movie. No. no I get what they were going for, where the, that mother, her, her son was killed, mm-hmm. and she still, she thinks the that he got away with it. You know, he was yeah. set free because Willie is, they find him as an innocent man, basically. The court, yeah. you know, oh, he didn't do it. They let him free. And then I believe her son's name was Richie. She says, I'm sorry to him, and then fucking shoots him in the head in a pretty graphic, like Tony mm-hmm. Montana, Scarface yeah, style the, in the car, execution. Yeah. Through the fucking window in, in the car. In front of his wife, yep. who already yep. has had like a fucking nervous and breakdown. And she takes the bullet. Like the yes. bullet goes through him, and through the window, a, and into the wife's shoulder. It's an so effective scene. It's he's done well. He's sitting in the car just yeah. for 
anybody who hasn't seen it, yeah. he's sitting in a car, in the I think in the back seat of the car. Yes. And this woman shoots through the back window to shoot mm-hmm. him in the head. And the wife happened to be just outside the car, like she was about to get in or something. Yeah. And so she shoots through the window, shoots this guy in the head, and the wife, just like in shock, walks away. And then uh, um, uh, Frankie's mother, Frankie's father, again, yeah. in another moment to help her, he's, okay, uh, he runs to her mm-hmm. to help her and console her and turns her around. And as he touches, he has blood it's on his hands. It's a good scene. It's the great. Way, it's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's beautifully done scene. It's mean-spirited yeah. shit. <laughs> and, and he realizes there's a hole in her chest, which yeah. means he shot the fucking the, – the, the janitor right through, through his head, head yeah, through the into head, the yeah. mother – into her shoulder, and now the bullet is in her. Holy fuck, man! Jesus, yeah, <laughs> it was unnecessary. Like it they could was. have ended it, the film was, with kind of I, something happy. Come on, like I would you know. say that was the one scene that maybe is really driving home the racism. It's really like maybe that's what it was. It was about the fact that they refused to believe that anyone other than him could have killed this kid. See, I didn't take it as the mother being racist, but the mother just being like, no thinking he did it like yeah she's no i don't so kind of cuckoo at this point because her child was I, killed you know i can I, I i don't mean like she killed him because he was black yes. i mean that because of the time that it was mm-hmm. it's so ingrained in everyone yeah to feel that way towards a black man yeah that it wasn't like uh it wasn't like no he's black he has it's just that it was it's impossible for her to believe otherwise because everyone yeah. at that time believed that they were just bad to begin with. Oh, that for black sure. people yeah. were bad. So it was, you know, they were everybody was so just inherently racist. It wasn't a conscious yeah. thought. It was just, of course he did it. It's he's black. Of yeah. course he killed his kids. Yeah. You know, and like that type of it's still racism. Yeah, it's racism. But, it's mean spirited. Yes. I, I feel like it would have been much better to just let Willie you know, mm. he's innocent Let and they set him away. free. I, know? Unnecessary. Just like they the Amanda have, character. They could have even had everybody go after the car and try yeah. and get her in the car and drive him off. And Maybe you know, she tries to, to shoot him. She yes. didn't, he didn't, didn't have, have to, to die. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. I just didn't like it. Like even watching it back now, I'm, you know, and I've seen this a couple of times. I'm like, it's still like unnecessary. It's kind of like the little girl in Assault on, and I love Assault on Precinct 13, and that her dying in Assault on Precinct 13 makes more sense than this guy being killed in Lady in White. Like, the little girl in Assault on mm. Precinct 13 being shot by the gang member literally drives the plot of, of the how entire of a film. person he is. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. that's and why in Assault on Precinct 13 yeah, the siege yes. happens, because he yes. ends up in the precinct. And that's where it, that it creates the character exactly. that this is. Yeah, that's this, what I mean. What a horrible person. Yes. He, exactly. Yeah. In this movie, it's like a shocking moment just to be shocking. You know, yeah. so because we maybe, never go back to it. It never has anything to do with us. the end of the film. Do you never see his wife again? No, no you nothing would, to do with anything. You take that. it that this woman is going to go fucking crazy, defeated. Mm-hmm. And her daughter is going to just be fucking just deal with trauma her entire yep. life. Like, I just didn't like it. Uncalled for. Unnecessary. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing I dislike about this movie. And mm-hmm. I, unlike you, enjoy the rest well, of it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, let's let's jump into the physical release of this mm-hmm. um, and, and the copy we both watched. We both watched the Scream Factory release. 
I believe this is from 20... I'm looking at it right now. I think it's 2013. 2013, I think it was. 2013, 2014. Yeah, it's been a few years. I don't have the date on here. Uh, screen my factory. bad. On my fault. 2016. <laughs> 2016. I, I had a feeling it was 2015, 2016. 2016, yeah. yeah. Um, we both watched this version. The right two here. disc. I'm showing it off if you're watching the video version mm-hmm. of the episode. I was like, wait, what cover is that? Nope, I flipped my cover. <laughs> I flipped my I prefer. I, the I, I prefer the inside, the, the original artwork and, yeah. with him with the mask. Yeah, with the Lucas Haas's face on it and the little house at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I... This is a great release, first and foremost. I think they did a fantastic job. Yeah. A lot of it is stuff that was ported over from that MGM DVD mm-hmm. uh, we talked about earlier. Yep. Um, so this is what's on it. You've got the director's cut. Um, there's a commentary track by Frank Laloja. It's the original commentary track, I believe, from that same DVD release mm-hmm. um, as well. There's an introduction by him. There's deleted scenes, and none of this, none of the deleted scenes have been remastered. They're just raw deleted scenes. Yeah. A lot of unnecessary shit. It's about 30 minutes. Um, the thing I like the most on this special edition is there's two pieces, and one of them is new for this release. So the first one is about 36 minutes-ish of behind-the-scenes footage, just raw behind-the-scenes footage that Frank uh, Laloja had someone shoot. Okay. While he was making Lady in White. Great stuff. It, yeah. It's just, it's cool to see how enthusiastic he was making this movie. And it goes back to what I said earlier. This is a movie he wanted to make. Yeah. Uh, I'll be very honest through the commentary. I kind of skimmed through this because I, because I had watched this movie twice already. So I kind of just skimmed through the commentary because I just wanted to get a taste of it. And you could tell he talks about his past a lot. He talks about his inspiration for the movie. And you could just tell he is really proud of making this. And for this release, there's even more behind. There's like another hour of behind the scenes footage of them just making the film. And it's fucking great, dude. I, I loved it. I actually sat through it and had it on in the background while I was editing other shit and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fucking fantastic. Everything else is just kind of, um, you know, trailers, photo gallery, tra- um. Yeah, stuff like that. Just, you know, basic stuff you find on, yeah. you know, most DV- most DVDs and Blu-ray releases. Um, and then there's the original theatrical cut because this is a two-disc set. The extended director's cut. So there's the director's cut. Then there's an extended director's cut on the second disc. So you have three That's versions. Two hours, of this, like yes. almost two, oh, two hours and ten minutes almost. Jesus. Yes. You've got literally Oof. three versions of this movie. Mm-hmm. on here so you've got manny's worst nightmare on this two disc set basically <laughs> Jesus, i wouldn't go of, that far <laughs> of lady in white there Lots is a movie that is white. one of my worst nightmares <laughs> i will not name that one live though i will not say that in, oh no, maybe but, we'll maybe we'll cover that in the future no no <laughs> we will kidding. not cover it <laughs> i'm just kidding so there is a movie manny hates more than lady there's a, in there's, white. no there's quite a this is a <laughs> oh, very right. look this is a well-made movie yes. for the most part it's well shot it has great has good performances it has yeah. it has good atmosphere. It it's it's just slow and convoluted, yes. and it just kept going. I get it. it I this is not. It. This is nowhere near one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. I would still give this like a two to me, yes, two and yes. a half stars for me. Just out of ten or five? Out of five. 
Okay, all right. So, yeah, out of five. Letterboxes. Letterboxes. We're, letter, we're, le- we're, letter, we're letterboxing it. So you'd, <laughs> yeah, give it so, a, you'd give it a two and a half. Gotcha. Two and a half okay. out of five, yes. Gotcha. You know, which is still like, what, 40%, 35%, you know? A little under half. <laughs> so, you know? <laughs> I'll say this, and this kind of is where I was kind of hinting at in the beginning. I, I, I think Lady in White is the ghost version of et to an extent i'm a big et fan i love et et is a far superior film kids on halloween my god yeah (laughs) i will admit that it hits exactly Mm -hmm. it hits a lot of the same kind of beats halloween a kid becoming friends in in this case it's a ghost not an alien Mm -hmm. um you know him having to team up with his sibling to kind of you know help this this thing that the MacGuffin of the film, you know, in this case, a ghost, you know, so there's a lot of parallels and the films were made a couple of years apart and you hinted at Spielberg and you hinted at a couple of other things. And it's obvious Frank Laloja was trying to create kind of that type of film, that Ray Bradbury, which I also said earlier type of story. Mm. And I think he 80%, 85% succeeded um, and, and I and I think the film does a decent job kind of creating that atmosphere, creating that vibe and, and telling that type of story. And, you know, again, set on Halloween and there's just no way for me not to love it. And yeah. I think it's somewhat underrated. I think you would disagree with me, Manny. Manny's like, it needs to stay fucking way under. <laughs> um, and yeah, if you haven't seen Lady in White, give it a shot. If you want to take my words <laughs> for it, you don't. Maybe Manny would tell you not to watch it, but I think it's worth one watch. Don't you know where you'd like to be going? To my home. In my own bed. My mommy's lost and I can't find her. Will you help me find her? So that was Manny's favorite movie of all time. Top five for him, Lady in White. Nope. Be sure to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Haunted Hangover. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash hauntedhangover31. And make sure to rate and review us. Let us know who you agree with. Okay, put that in your review and rate and review us so this way other people can find us easier in the algorithm. That's what the kids call it today, right? The algorithm. They do. The algorithm of the night. (laughs) And as always, remember, the best cure for a hangover is... A lot more booze. Manny needs it after Lady in White. (laughs) Catch you guys later.